Welcome to Speaking of Money with FCE Group. Our guest today is Fred Sloan, President and CEO of FCE Group. Uh, Fred, welcome. Good morning. Today we're going to talk about proprietary investment products. Uh, what's in your account? Uh, Fred, I'll actually kick it right over to you. That's not something we see mentioned in the press all that often. What do we mean when we're referring to proprietary investment products? We're talking about situations where a client has an account at a firm and the advisor that the client is dealing with at that firm selects investments for that client that are created by the firm for which that advisor works. And we're concerned about those types of situations because they call into question the objectivity and the alignment of interest between the advisor and the client. So, so could you maybe give an example of what someone might see in their account? Let's say they've got an account, they're being served by an advisor at ABC Brokerage House. How would they know whether or not something in their account is even a proprietary product to begin with? Well, one clue would be that the name ABC, the name of the firm, would be in the name of the line item, in the, in the, in the name the name of the security that the client owns. I'll give you an example. Let's say that the advisor, who in your example works for ABC Company, says to the client, I'd like to recommend an emerging markets mutual fund. And what I recommend is the ABC DEF emerging markets fund. It's got a great long-term record. I have selected it for you. Congratulations, you own it. The concern there is that the client would need to make sure or try to find a way to assess whether uh, the process by which that advisor selected that fund it really had the client all the client's best interests in mind. For example, what other emerging markets funds did the advisor compare that ABC emerging markets fund to? Uh, if indeed it's the best, or maybe if it's the lowest cost, or maybe if there's something else about it that makes it fit better in with the client's portfolio, that may be fine. But absent the ability or on, on the part of the advisor to demonstrate that, it, it, is, it is a cause for concern. On the face of it, it requires the client to ask lots of questions of the advisor. Okay, so let's, let's assume there the advisor can make some type of case that some type of review has been done. What, what's, what, why, should, why should the investor care? Why might it present uh, a problem then? Because it may be that the advisor earns greater compensation for selecting something that was created by the advisor's own firm than not. So the client needs to just understand uh, this, ha how this might affect what, what we call the alignment of interests between the advisor and the client. By contrast, uh, an independent advisor, an advisor that is with a firm that doesn't create its own investment product, but that selects only outside investments, outside managed investments, and that at the same time earns its compensation based on the amount of assets that the client has invested that is not variable or dependent based on the particular investments the advisor selects, though that sort of structure is more likely to demonstrate a clear alignment of interest. 
Okay, so what you're saying is the investor is ultimately paying, a lot of times the investor might be paying a commission on each execution, or they may be paying the advisor some percentage of assets under management. You're saying that because of the fees embedded in the proprietary product itself, the brokerage firm, well, they're double dipping, right? Is that what it amounts to? I'm saying that every mutual fund, every exchange traded fund, every separate account out there, just about every investment in the world has costs within it. And if a part of those costs go to compensating the advisor for selecting that investment, that, that, that creates an apparent conflict of interest that's not in the client's best interest and uh, clients need to be attuned to that possibility. I also say that when, if, if, that if a client has the choice between a compensation structure that's based on the assets under management or one that's based on the transactions that are done, meaning a transaction-based commission, that generally speaking, the former is preferable to the latter, meaning that speaking about the, the transaction-based commission, that type of structure appears to incentivize the advisor to do more trading. And trading is costly. Trading takes money away from the investment returns of the portfolio. And if the advisor is incentivized to trade more by the fact that they get compensated based on each and, each and every trade, that is a red flag. It's the old, uh, the old churning, right? When the when we used to, we don't see a lot of that these days. Though it seems to, have, you see a lot less of that nowadays than maybe you did in the what the eighties or the nineties. A lot the more of the accounts moved. appear to be charging a percentage, right? Yes, uh, the, the the investment management world has moved in very positive, productive directions that are that are really much better overall for clients. The days of the high commission per trade really uh, are behind us. Many, many firms have moved to the asset-based management fee model. That's great to see, but not all. Not all. We still see folks that are paying commissions based on, on the trades, and uh, not surprisingly, those accounts tend to have more turnover and more trading done within them than asset-based management fee arrangements, which tend to be more buy and hold, which, which by the way, over time, generally outperforms. So let's. So now today, when, when I get home, I think I'm going to open up some of those statements that I've had accumulating on my desk, and I'm going to I'm going to take a look to see what it is I own and see whether or not any of those uh, funds or well, it's not limited to it's could be exchange traded funds, it could be mutual funds, I guess. And if any of them are the same as the name of the brokerage house on the statement, I might want to look at that. What What should a client do? What if they see? Uh, what if they see some funds like that in their account? What, what's the smartest way to proceed to get to the bottom of that? The smartest thing to do in that case is to call the advisor and to indicate that you'd like to understand the process by which the advisor is selecting the investments. It's the kind of thing where, like, like in almost every area of life, where frank communication is important and valuable. And it's totally appropriate to say to the advisor, I'm concerned because I see that you appear to have selected something that your own firm has created. Mm -hmm. And that raises certain questions in my mind. I'd like you to explain to me what you compared it to, what process you went through, and why it's the best thing for me. So, so basically give them the opportunity to show 
that this was the best investment for me. And then um, what if I don't like the answer? That's a good question. If you don't like the answer, uh, I suppose you could uh, ask around and try to find or speak to a different advisor, someone who might uh, be able to demonstrate better to you that they have your interest in mind and that the alignment of interest is there. So that's really uh, the responsi- that's really your responsibility as an investor. You know, we're all we're all responsible for taking care of our own uh, financial situations, and uh, at the end of the day, we've got to monitor the folks that we're paying to do that for us. Got it. And is this the same across um, all types of accounts? For example, if I've got a um, just a regular uh, taxable brokerage account at that ABC broker that you mentioned account mentioned before versus my uh, my 401k, my 401k may be with XYZ and the funds in my 401k may be XYZ funds. Should I be comparably concerned in both situations? In the case of a 401k, you have a few additional protections based on the fact that 401k plans are governed by ERISA. And those protections have to do with disclosure. You've still got to read all the disclosures, which can be very tedious, but you'll find within the information from your 401k custodian and your plan administrator is lots of information about the investments that are being held and the cost thereof. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned about it, but you probably have some more tools more readily available. Got it. Great. Well, this has been a real eye-opener. Fred, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Fred Sloan from FCE Group, a Barron's-rated wealth management firm located in Lake Success, New York.